She's glad the fucking fixes are done. I, like, I, <laughs> I, she, it gets me like three more nights a week instead of me. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to deal with that. So, <laughs> I know. I'm like, MC, this is great. The Celtics are over. I can watch every other game now. It's amazing. I have so much free time to watch all the other teams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have any topic or any rant you want to go on or any? No, I mean, just talk about the shot, dude. The shot fucked us. But the ball is Sixers Nation, dude. I was all fucked up today. I joined the Bachelorette Fantasy League. I was all wrong. I was, I was all messed up. <laughs> oh, man. It, it was, it's one of those things where you just wake up the next day. It's like, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah. Are you waking up in that fucking Ash City? <laughs> What is up? Welcome back to the Weird Celtics Podcast. Special episode of Weird Celtics Podcast. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Maybe around the world with a bunch of guest spots. And we've got a few of my buddies here to talk about their teams. Since it's funeral season, we got my buddy Braden, who's a Sixers fan. What up, Braden? Yeah, what up? This is Braden here. I am, I am the Sixers fan. I live in Boston with Craig, and uh, yeah, I'm just here to talk some Sixers. <laughs> and you put up with all of us making fun of Ben Simmons year-round. <laughs> At least you made it further than us this series. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get shit for the MB crying, so I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm used to taking all this shit. Ah, I don't even mad about that. And then we also got my buddy Andy. He's a, a Knicks fan, so also tortured. And but at least you have positivity with the draft coming up. What's up, Andy? Yeah, what's up, weird Celtics? First time, long time. <laughs> uh, hoping that you know, it, by the end of June, the Knicks look a whole lot different. Yeah. Or July. I guess the end of July. Hopefully by the end of July. I can't believe that lottery is tomorrow. It snuck up on us so fast. Yeah, this lottery is bullshit too. It's like I know <laughs> the first year the the first year they make the odds worse is when the Knicks have the best chance. So that, that's, that's just poetic great. justice for the Knicks. That's what exactly how it has yeah. to go for them. But first, yeah. let's go back to the games that just ended. We'll go to Braden first, and then I'll 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 touch on the Celtics, I guess, a little bit. But Braden. How do you feel we'll after? Celtics. How do how do you feel? No, no, no. You first. How do we feel <laughs> about that Kawhi shot going in, waking up this morning? What's your first thought? Yeah, it's, I woke up and it was it was just weird, dude. It's just it's so final when it happens, you know. All year long, like the basketball season's so long, you kind of like think about the previous day and how can the team change? How can they like optimize their efficiency? But like, it doesn't fucking matter anymore. It's just it's just over. So to have it end like that, it's just. It's brutal to see. Because I thought the Sixers played a pretty good game. And then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter came around, and they fucking sucked, and I thought they were out of it. Yeah. And then they got a couple lucky breaks where they got some foul calls, and then the Jimmy Butler gets out of whatever that, that rebound um, off the missed free throw by Kawhi and gets yeah. a bucket. I thought we were good. I was dancing around. I was ready to like not, I was ready to not watch Game of Thrones last night, and then fucking Kawhi. So, <laughs> it's that bounce shot. I just... This is weird ass. I never seen it, like a jump shot bounce like that. So I no. didn't know how to. They didn't know how to react to it. Is it's just so silent. It's silent. You just hear the ball bounce off the rim. I even know what a basketball bouncing off the NBA rim sounds like, but the fucking whole place is just like doing. Yeah, that was the first ever game seven buzzer beater. Like at the buzzer, zero point zero. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Every other buzzer beater is like seconds left on the clock, or or just a tie to force OT or something. Holy shit! Yeah, I saw Jordan had a game five one back when we had the game fives. The yeah. good old days. Yeah, but um, that 
you probably didn't want to go looking for this, but they did the Kanye Runaway remix to slow motion Kawhi shot going in, and the piano keys like line up perfectly with the ball bouncing. I'm sure you you would get a kick out of watching that video. Yeah, I'm sure I would. <laughs> did, did, not, did, did not check that out. I've already I've probably watched that clip like 20 times, so I just keep hoping it's not going to bounce in. It's just it does, but it does. How many bounces with that? Four or five? Four. Two off the front and two off the back and then fell in. <laughs> yeah, the first one was so close to just bouncing straight off and it somehow the physics bounced it straight up in the air and gave it a shot. That was crazy. Yeah, like a centimeter either way on like either of those first three bounces and the ball's not going in. But it's like sits on the rim for yeah. ten minutes. Rough. Andy, what is your perspective as a outsider without a dog in the fight specifically? <laughs> So for that game, for that series and that game in particular, yeah. Um, when the, when those trades happened with Jimmy Butler and everybody, Tobias, I I kind of thought I'd root for the Sixers, but then seeing Kawhi <laughs> on the Raptors and the Raptors never getting past LeBron, and then you know finally having the chance to do it, it was really nice to see a team like that advance. And then kind of like what you saw with Paul George choosing to stay with uh, Oklahoma City, I'm kind of hoping that he will choose to stay in Toronto instead of the Clippers or unless it's the Knicks, but you know, I kind of want him to stay there. Interesting. So you, you really yeah, think, you think that good. series changed the, the narrative right there for him? It Maybe. Could've. I mean, if he, if he makes the, if they get past Giannis and they make the finals, whether they win or lose, they either win and he's a champion or they lose and it's unfinished business. So I feel like the further they get along, the better the chances are that will happen. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I think I he feel- wants to go to LA, but it definitely, gets better and better when he's hit the biggest shot in Toronto Raptors history. This is the best season in Raptors history. It's crazy. He's like going to be beloved there if he decides to stay. It was also funny too, because they were, uh, whatever that ESPN talking head show was, they said that he didn't have any clutch moments because, well, that was one right there. <laughs> yes, I love that because they were like ty- hyping up Kobe. And I was like, Kobe, get this trash guy out of here. His terrible efficiency <laughs> in the clutch. Everyone likes to overhype him, but I don't need to rehash my, my hatred for Kobe. <laughs> Britton, what, what is the one thing that you want, the first thing you want like the Sixers to do going forward? Like, is it change your, you know, the players you build around Embiid? Is it like a coaching? Is it, um, you know, anything trade-wise? What's your first priority? Well, they're not, they're not going to trade it. They've, they've used all their trade assets, so that's out of the question there. I mean, trade Ben Simmons. You could trade Embiid. You could sign the trade. I, mean, I want to keep. I want to bring the crew back. They had so few games together, and it's like yeah. Tobias Harris, like he'll do his ISO thing sometimes, but he usually know how to fit in the offense that well. And then we kind of weren't able to blend offenses either. Like Ben Simmons runs a point and runs. He's like long developing plays, or Jimmy Butler does does his pick and roll, and Simmons. Any sort of mix. You can, I'm just hoping they can like kind of run it back and build some chemistry and get some damn depth on the team. Yeah, the, we the bench was so bad. Embiid played 45 minutes and he was plus 10. So the three minutes he was off the fucking court, we lost by 12 and lost the game. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Wait, in the whole series, I saw he was off the court for 99 minutes and you got outscored by 110. What the fuck is that? Yeah, just those guys can't play defense. Like Boban could kind of score, couldn't play defense. We played Jonah Bolton sometimes, can't play defense. These guys are all just... Greg the Moose. He had, like, one awesome game where he's, he's dominated, <laughs> like, the pick and roll. It's like, holy shit, he's legit. And then he couldn't play the rest of the rest of the series. But, I mean, I want to bring the crew back. I mean, I want, like, development from Embiid and Simmons. I mean, Embiid's a big guy. I'm a better passer, and I turn it over a little bit less. Yeah. And Simmons has got, I don't know, 
switch hands or some shit. I don't know what his deal is. I think I think for you hate it because I always try and tell you what Sim should do and shouldn't do when we're watching games together. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but if I can do one last one for the season, um, and I'll try and put it in a positive way, like he's so good with pace and with like kind of in that controlled chaos. We need to we just need to build players around him that he can run that. And it doesn't mean that like he can't work with Embiid, but they kind of like play like opposing styles of basketball like stylistically. So they can overlap sometimes, but like you know build the rest of the team around like defense and like athletes that can run and shoot with Ben Simmons and then like run the floor all day. And then you have like the Embiid like counter system. I don't know. That's the best way I say like you could try to build around Ben Simmons, right? Like what else could you ask for? I mean, the Sixers kind of had that last year. They had a bunch of shooters around them in like the last 16 games of the year. They had that 16 game winning streak where Ben was just pushing and pushing and pushing and hitting shooters. But exactly. Even if you film around those guys, it's so hard to have that kind of offense in the playoffs. And that's why people think he might not Simmons be able he doesn't really get worse in the playoffs. He just can't really do what he wants to do in the playoffs because it slows down so much. So I don't even know. Like, it has to come down to him changing the way he plays, not so much changing the team. There's plenty of talent around him. He should be able to figure it out. But, yeah. So he's just got to he's got to figure out a way to score from different ways. He he fucking he has problems like doing left hand layups. Still, he's a good. He's a great finisher on the rim with his right hand. Yeah. You know he shoots. You know he shoots with his left, but he can't even finish running with his left hand. So. Mm-hmm. He's just got to get better. He's got to get better. He's I mean, he's great on. He was awesome on defense all series. He was pretty good offensive rebounder when he was there. Um, he was played pretty smart. Didn't like force it too much. Obviously, he could have forced a little bit more. But he seemed like he played all around good series except for just scoring the basketball, which is obviously yeah pretty important. Pretty important thing. I'll say for Tobias Harris, because um, he he was a news addition, right? I mean, you guys had twenty eight different players this year. It's out of control. Yeah, we got Toby at the trade deadline with Boban yeah. and Mike Scott. Yeah. He he definitely looked a little lost. He kind of looked like Tatum did for a lot of these playoff games. And not that even it's Tobias' fault because he's so new there. And like when the offensive system like is kind of pieced together awkwardly, it's it's definitely hard for him to like find his way to assert himself. But um, I guess I could talk transition that to Tatum's disappointing series. Um, they're just the Celtics' disappointing series in general. We'll go over all of that. We're going to have a full Funeral Celtics weird podcast episode later this week with the other guys. But, um, I mean, there's so much drama and story and narrative around the Celtics, and it's very annoying. That's what pissed off Kyrie this whole season. But, you know, what it comes down to is, like, we came all this way and ran into the MVP in the playoffs. I think Giannis definitely wins the MVP. And we gave him, like, our best punch in the first game, and he kind of took it like Thanos and just just, like, got back to the drawing board, and they didn't change too much. They kind of switched a bit more, and they just locked down on defense, and Giannis just, like, grinded us away. Um, so, like, in the grand scheme, like, I'm not that disappointed with the season. It sucks that, like, our players just couldn't progress, and we know all the millions of reasons why. But um, if you just look at it that way, it doesn't need to be this whole negative referendum on everything that you did wrong before, or every dumb thing that Kyrie said. I can forgive him pretty quickly if he decides to resign, right? And it's kind of like the Sixers situation where... Game seven is like such a coin flip, literally, to that one bouncing shot being ridiculous and missed free throws and rebounds. And, you know, things shouldn't hinge so much on that shot falling in game seven, but they probably will. Brett Brown might be out of here, right? Yeah, it's crazy if he gets fired. I mean, I don't know if he's the best coach, but like he coached a pretty good series, and it'd be yeah. kind of crazy if he gets fired. But that's to your point that the media kind of like just driving shit. And does that actually affect players and what they want to do? I don't know. Yeah. Um, he was the coach during. The, the whole tanking, right? He's been there through it all. Yeah, he's been there like before and B. I think he's been there like seven years now. 
Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I root for him just for that because he had to live through all that crap. So I feel like... And he's yeah, from Maine. That's have, a huge plus. And he's from Maine. I didn't know he was from Maine until that Zach Lowe podcast, but I'm from Maine too, so I, I got to root for him now. <laughs> he's got the best accent in the NBA. Um, <laughs> I mean, you don't fire him unless you have some other amazing coach lined up, which I kind of don't think they will. He needs to get a fair shot with the like, whole season with these guys. right? The roster changed over so much, and Beat was hurt at the end of the season. Um, give him at least one full year with like this is the team we're going to run it all year through and see how it works yeah. out right the pl- i mean the players love him too however yeah. much that counts but like every single i mean ben's known him since he was like a kid mm-hmm. brown coach brown coach ben's dad and joel and B's like embraced the whole process with with brett brown and i mean i i think you have to bring him back yeah give him one shot with this team um i mean ben and Ben still got a long career ahead of him. Embiid, hopefully, barring an injury, is a long career ahead of him. Like they, we don't have to like rush things and have all this turnover all the time. Like, let them maybe slowly get better and better every year until one finals. We don't have to like just try to rush things to get a championship right away. I know. I hope Celtics do the same thing and don't rush to try and like change something drastically this summer because then we just have to kind of go through the whole process again. You have expectations, but it never always fits the way you envision it to. Um, I don't know. But- Who's a free agent for the Celtics? Ooh, we can Just talk Kyrie. some free agents. Kyrie. Um, Al Horford has a player option. So I think he's probably going to opt out and try and get like a longer deal with the Celtics, which I would love. Whatever money they can afford to give him. Like, I think he'll take like a little bit less per year for like three more years on his contract. And then Terry Rozier, Marcus Morris. Um, I think that's it for like the major ones. But gotcha. Andy, of all the free agents, who are you looking for for the next... I want Kyrie and, and KD. That's what I want. I mean, that's what the media has been teasing for the past, <laughs> I don't know how many months, but KD first and foremost, and if he wants to play with Kyrie and the feelings mutual, I would take them both in a heartbeat. All right, KD first. I think KD does KD have a good first. chance of going there. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, his company got moved to New York. He, his feelings get hurt easily, so, you know, he, you know, he... He took it to heart when OKC turned on him, and now everyone's saying that it's not his team, and he needs to win outside of Golden State. So I think he's going to listen to those people. What if he signs for like two years, an option for a third or something like that, where it's it's nice, but like the free agency comes up way quicker than you want it to again. I mean, that's not ideal, but he's thirty. He's a he's our age. He's thirty. So yeah, I would take whatever take him for whatever terms he's willing to sign for. Yeah. If it's two plus one, if, I wouldn't do one, but I mean, I, I would still do one. But if it's two plus one, that's fine. If it's a full max, that's fine too. Would you rather have but, Kawhi? It's a long shot, but really just tough. imagine he just like, yeah, New, New York, sure, whatever. Kawhi, younger. I would, I would treat it like college recruiting, and the, they have they both have scholarship offers. The first one to take it, that's who we get. They're one A, one B. I like that. It's a good efficient system. Yeah. And then whoever that dude wants to play with, hey, if they wanted to play together, I'd take them both. But if there's room for two and one of those two wants to play, whoever yeah. they want to play with, I'm cool with. The Unless best... it's Jimmy Butler. Then I don't want Jimmy Butler. No. Do you want Jimmy Butler back on Philly, Braden? It seems like he likes it in Philly. I feel I... like he likes him beat a lot. Like they had some of that like, chemistry like in their post-game interviews and stuff like that. Yep. As they get better at the pick and roll, it seems like he's kind of grown the city a little bit. I didn't think I'd like him, but um, he seems like a really good leader too. Like good for him, be like teaching him how to like be vocal and not 
be a clown all the time <laughs> when he gets serious and stuff like that. I mean, I, I want him back. It's the tough thing is like, how long do you want him to come back for? He was in his exit interviews today. He was talking about how he expects to get a max from many teams out there. And he's talking about four and five year max. He's like, I don't want to give. Wait, can he get five? Do you have his rights, whatever? Bird rights? Does he get I think. I have no idea how bird rights works. I'm pretty sure we can give him five years. We can uh, definitely give Kyrie yeah. five. So that's that's a big thing for the Celtics. So yeah, I mean, I I want to keep him, but the, just the whole prospect of having four years at a max deal—he's already 31 years old. Uh, yes, yeah. definitely. I don't really know about that, but uh, he's he's big for us, super big for us, our best player in the playoffs for sure. So yeah. I want him back. If he likes it there, I think that's great. When when mm-hmm. I said that I didn't want him, it's not because I was trying to throw shade at a 76ers fan. It's because he's. <laughs> basically been my locker room killer up to this point everywhere he's been and if there was a, a locker room to be killed it's the next locker room so i just know that would happen. <laughs> yeah i agree i i didn't think he would impress me this much like in the playoffs just like like you said being a leader and um yeah if he commits i think he does fit in well there and Embiid likes him um i don't know how ben simmons feels or like would he try and get brett brown fired if he commits long terms like i want to bring in my own coach those are like i don't know well, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that he would do that, but like those are like things that you don't know yet. But I, it seems like he has a good relationship with those guys, so like I think that's yeah. the best situation for him. Why go and try starting over again, especially when you have a really good thing going? And the age, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I mean, he'll be a little bit old by the end of it, but it's kind of worth it right now. Tobias Harris, I don't know if he's younger, so I I would feel fine paying him. Um, but I think he might be more likely to leave, like feel like he still hasn't found his place yet, right? Yeah, I feel like he's, in terms of personality, it's like feeling a part of the team you don't really see with him. I don't know if it's just kind of this, the way he just the way he goes about business or whatever, but it seems like he's not really part of a team like Jimmy was, maybe because Jimmy just was hitting all the fourth quarter shots and all that. But yeah. I want him to come back. I mean, he, I can score in like a lot of different ways, floaters, like off the high off the glass kind of shots. I mean, he's definitely a versatile scorer. Um, so I want I want him back. This is going to be weird. How do you fill out the whole bench when you have signing Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris to max, and then Benson begin the max in two years too. So it's uh, I don't know how it all works cap wise. Like I say, I want all these guys, but it might just fuck us again in the future with no depth. But just generally, I want to keep both those dudes. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know, I guess good time to look at the future now. Let's look at the draft. How you feeling, Andy? The number one odds to get the number one pick, which is what, 14%? Yeah, it's 14%. Tomorrow so night when we're recording this. The bottom three, the teams with the three worst records all have an equal 14% chance. Mm-hmm. I guess the Knicks with the overall worst record, are their their floor is stops at five, where the other teams could be six and seven. But like I said at the beginning of this, it, it sucks that the Knicks have the best, have the number one, you know, the worst record this year because last year would have been more <laughs> advantageous. I know. That's but such a next thing to happen. It's perfect. <laughs> they basically, they have a 52% chance of a top four pick, which you do the math. Mm-hmm. What's that? 38%, 38% chance. No, my, I did I do the math wrong. 48% chance that they will be fifth. I guess that's how it works. Yeah. 52, 48. That's like a coin flip. So that's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, so wait, so it's top four, so like it's pretty much fifty percent chance that you get the number five, so or fifty percent chance you get under five, right? Basically, so of yeah. that fifty-two percent of the first four picks, it's four ping pong balls that get drawn. Fourteen percent of that's number one, and then the rest of that makes up two, three, and four, and then otherwise they get five. 
Yep, and that's that's numbers on Weird Celtics podcast numbers talk. <laughs> so it's really, it's, I'm really nervous, and I don't really want to watch the actual. Oh, you got to watch it, man. Who's your representative for the Knicks? What's up? Who's the representative for the Knicks? That's huge. Pat Ewing. Oh, Pat Ewing. All right. So I mean, he is the first number one overall pick of the draft lottery in '85. Ooh, that's that's pretty good luck. I mean, you can't get better than that. You should have invited Chris Stops. Is what you should have done. <laughs> he just got like he just got jumped in Latvia, dude. Yeah, his face was all bloodied up. How did he get beat the hell up? He's seven foot five or whatever. Come on, I man. Re- I, re- I read that a that a bunch of angry Russians jumped him because they were mad he wasn't on the Knicks anymore. That's hilarious, kind of scary, but also <laughs> hilarious that he's fine. <laughs> oh man. So Andy, is it definitely Zion number one? Got to be right. It has to be. He's the best player in this draft, bar none. He's probably the best. Uh, I'm not looking at the past draft classes, but he's got to be the best prospect in a while. Since Anthony Davis, and, I would say. like At least for his yeah. college like his college accomplishments, like Anthony Davis was a beast yeah. just like that. And even if you could pull up Danny Ainge, let's say they get the number one pick. If they really don't want Zion, you'd be doing your team a disservice by not drafting, by drafting somebody else there. Trade down if you don't want him. But yeah. he's the number one pick, so yeah. get the most value out of it. Yeah. So yeah, let's say what if they, what if you do trade? What would you trade? Like, would you trade him for Anthony Davis, or do you not even want to bother? Yeah, I'd only trade him for a star, and the only one on anybody's mind is Anthony Davis. So yeah. yes, that's. I, I'm not saying I want Anthony Davis. I want Zion, Ke- Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. But if that's <laughs> not what the team's willing to do, AD would be the play. Yeah, do you think like getting Zion would help out with? Like, oh, he's on the team. Like, would that sway KD or Kyrie or anybody like that at all? Mm. Um, who's that question for? <laughs> I mean, anybody. I'm just, I'm just generally talking about this. Just thinking it could be like uh, extra big importance on the lottery if all of a sudden getting Zion would help out with free agents. I'll take it. Maybe, like, I mean, if you really plan to sign long-term, maybe. But, you know, you can't expect a rookie to have any impact on, like, actually winning a championship right away. Um, I mean, he could be a good role player, like, if, like, it's KD... And I'm not even say Kyrie. I'm not gonna even speak that into existence. <laughs> but if it's if it's KD and like Kemba and Zion, like they could win a championship like that. It's not crazy for Zion to win his rookie I'm, year. But you can't expect him to really, you know, to be like an attraction for like free agents. Like, nah. I mean, he's yeah. th- but they'll have cap space to pay other people too. That he might be fun to play with. He, he looks like he doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. Doesn't have that high of a usage in college. I feel like people would want to play with him because he, one, he's not. He doesn't have the personality that would clash with a superstar. He seems like a good kid, mm-hmm. and he's just super talented. But then you could also think the last time this sort of thing happened was, I think, 2016. The Cavs reacquired LeBron James, had the number one pick, and he wanted to trade that for a win-now player. So maybe that's what happens. Yeah, could be. Yeah. I mean, it would suck to trade away Zion, but, you know, trading, yeah, Andrew, Wiggins, trading Andrew Wiggins worked out. So I'm not saying he's going to be Andrew Wiggins, but... Uh, you never know that Zion's going to be, you know, an, an all-NBA player. Like, people love to get exaggerated with the draft. We always get too carried away, right? Yeah. Britton, what do you think for the Sixers? Like, if the Sixers get, like, let's call it like a – can you get like a five or a six draft pick? No. I think it's however many – I think Andy was saying they pick for the first four spots, and after that it just falls in order. Uh-oh. So I don't think they can get – has to be like – they have to get the number one pick or else that, that pick goes to the Celtics, right? They have that – uh. Like, um, King, like King's pick, and I think is what it is. So like, it's it's, yeah, it's what's like it's that. one or nothing. It's one or nothing for the Sixers. Yeah, you're right. So that so that moment when like they, um, 
the Kings are the first or the lowest odds. So if they jump into the top four, then we'll know right away. So, so that their envelope got skipped over and goes to the top. So that'll be like a nervous, nerve-wracking 15 minutes until like Philly and Boston figures out if the number one pick went to which team. Jalen's excited. He keeps barking. Craig, that bo- that Sacramento pick, it's top one protected, right? Yeah, top one. Yeah, if, it's, if one goes yeah, to the so they have chance. a 1% chance of landing it. Yeah, 1 in 100, the Philly, Philly gets Zion. That would be insane. <laughs> that would be the worst thing. All, everyone will have conspiracy theories that the, the league is fixed and stuff. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, they can do that thing again where like, they have the two representatives, like one for each team, like sitting next to each other in one little booth. <laughs> so, they did I don't that know. Last, I think so. Pick, and they had the two guys sitting next to each other. It was super awkward. Hope they do it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hold on one second. I'm going to get a treat for Jalen because he keeps bugging me. All the same. Not a, big, not, a big, not, not a big city. Should, should I crack one more beer? I probably will. You got a beer, Andy? Do you? Uh, I don't right now, but oh, I just no. finished Thrones, so I'm on, I'm on the edge. <laughs> Dude, so I was thinking we could do, uh, as I try to reach into my fridge from my computer while I'm connected via headphone, I was thinking we could do a little Thrones reaction. I don't know. You guys have any other topics on the draft? Or anything else? Um, I was gonna. It never came up, but one thing I was gonna say with like best player available kind of stuff is mm-hmm. that the one thing I don't want the Knicks to do is like overthink things and like try to fit a certain draft off of like fit because they don't. They basically don't have a team. Everybody sucks on the Knicks. So it's like take the best <laughs> player and what? Yeah, that's a good the point. Whole, like, the Ben Simmons, I mean, not the Ben Simmons, the Bill Simmons, like, theory he has, where it's like, could this guy play in a playoff series against the Warriors? Oh, and, you like, know if what? They, I don't, the answer is no to almost everybody on the next roster, so. Yeah. You know what? I, actually, I want to go on a quick rant about that, because um, I've been getting arguments about Kyrie, and not just specifically to Kyrie, but, like, everyone in general. I hate it when people say, can you be the best player on a championship fucking team? And it's like... You look at every championship team ever. They had a lot of players that were the best player or one of the best players on many teams. Like, there's only a few players that are really, like, both ends of the floor just, like, unreal. Like, Kevin Durant, Giannis, I guess Kawhi, right? Those are the three, like, biggest, like, game changers. I don't even count LeBron right now anymore. He's kind of old. We'll see if he has it next year. But do you guys agree with that? I mean, yeah, with the way super teams are working now. Yeah, so, like, every other player. Yeah, like, Steph Curry, like, is... Hall of Famer, top 20, he's multiple-time MVP. But, like, you know, to build a team around Steph Curry, like, he can't be the only player. He can be the best offensive shooter, the best scorer, but you definitely need defense around him. Like, almost every player. So, like, I hate it when people say, can you be the best player on a championship team? Like, Dame can, but Kyrie can't. What the fuck? What does that even mean? Like, both of them need defenses either way. So, I don't know what that even... I hate it when people say that statement. Yeah, that's that's a little extreme. What I was saying was, can you be on the court? So I was just like, can you be a role player on a championship team? But to, like, yeah, but I understand what you're saying. No, you're right. I, t- I totally agree with the way that you say it, but I, it drives me nuts when Bill Simmons is always like, he can't be a 1A option. He's more like a 1B. It's like, what the, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> come on. What do you guys got for the, the, for the conference finals? What's the predictions there? Um, Andy, you got it. I'm going to grab a toy so I can get Jalen um, to stop yelling at me. I think the Bucks will win in seven. Seven. What do you I think? I think that's going to be a really tight series. But who's going to who's going to guard Giannis? I mean, it's got to be a team effort. So Serge will be there, Siakam will be there, Kawhi will be there. It's not going to be Marcus All. I don't know. It's going to be. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's Bucks and less than that. I don't know. 
Yeah, I uh, I think it's less. I think that's you're right. That's a big question. Like who guards Giannis? And I think Siakam's got to. Although he didn't look fully engaged, he's a little hurt, right? He was kind of out of it last series. I don't know if he can guard Giannis, and then maybe Kawhi. But you don't want to like waste all Kawhi's energy trying to stop Giannis, right? Marcus yeah, that's why I try. think Surge. Sur- I think Surge will be pretty important in that. Surge will be huge. Yeah, that's the biggest question. I think the Bucks get it in. I don't know. I haven't really thought about a number, but less than probably seven. Six I, I, yeah, I, probably I, six. Yeah, five or six. I think. I think Giannis figured figured out like how teams might challenge him when the Celtics beat him that first game, and I don't know if they're gonna come close to losing a series the rest of the way. They, I think they could have a chance in the finals. What do you think, Braden? For for the, this one first, though, the Eastern Conference Finals. I was just so unimpressed with everybody except for Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in that series. I mean, Pascal Siakam had his games for sure. I mean, when they switched and beat on him, it kind of changed things up and kind of made him look goofy when he wouldn't shoot wide-open shots all the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Danny Green was kind of a no-show except for one game. Kyle Lowry's playoff Kyle Lowry. He's I mean, so I've, funny, playoff Kyle Lowry. I, he cracks me up. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, I there's this is setting up for Kawhi to like lead some crazy like comeback or lead their team past the Bucks, but I just don't think they think the Bucks are way better than them. I think it's gonna be Bucks Bucks in like five. You know who's big uh, for the Raptors last night to beat the Sixers? Not to rub it in too much on you, but um, yeah. Van Vliet actually contributed a little bit. Like they couldn't get anything from their bench, but at least he like had like a few a few buckets and some good like had a steal yeah. late in the game, right? He had steal and late in the game. He got his ass blocked by Joel Embiid. And oh yeah, Embiid. oh yeah, that was a big block. Embiid, goddamn it, what a great series. Even though he was sick and stuff, it would have been epic to pull that out for for his legacy. I like Embiid a lot. Even, even like last night, he didn't shoot well. He still affected the game. But Van Fleet was good. He drew a lot of fouls that I was kind of pissed about in the first half. Had like mm-hmm. four free throws that he hit. I mean, Serge Ibaka was a big guy for him last night. He hit fucking like four threes. One of them was like a jab step on Ben Simmons, like kind of leaning to the right three. That was in the fourth quarter. I lost my shit there. But yeah. uh, the, the point is, I think the, the team doesn't have consistent contributors all the time. So I'd imagine the Bucks would crush them. I we'll agree. See. What do you think? Like five games, six? I'll say five. Got to get Kawhi one of those games where he goes for 50. Dude, you know? he's, he's going to win at least one game, maybe two. Like He's so crazy right now, so locked in. Um, Andy, what do you think about the other Western Conference Finals? The well, Nuggets, all, Nug Life. We're all about Nug Life. Out, you can edit out that seven and change me to a six. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to edit out. I'm going to leave in. It's okay. You can change it at the end of the second. <laughs> um, for the, I think the Warriors are too much for the Blazers. This is an awesome series. I mean, personally, I wanted the, nu- the Nuggets to advance, but I know our Nuggets, our Nug Life couldn't do it. I know, I know. Katie's not playing in Game One. Questionable for Game Two. I think that one will actually go seven, and the Warriors will win it. Wow, seven. I actually, I could, I don't know about seven. It's a lot for the Warriors. I feel like they're ready to just dominate. but And they might just find like a weird rhythm without KD, like they had in the last game. Steph Curry was like, couldn't shoot the first half, but like kind of just played good point guard, and then just like hit some shots and played smart the rest of the game. I think, I think the Blazers will have like, urgency and energy where the Rockets like didn't all the time like the Rockets had so many chances they could have like taken a lead or like chipped away or something and they kind of just like stuck to their own their old you know routine of like I'm gonna ISO and then we might kick it out we might try and get a free throw I think the Blazers will come harder than that so I'll go Warriors and six what do you got Britain what do I got I got Warriors and seven too I, I just like the Blazers uh, it's more so it's, I'm a fan of their team I like Dame Dude, my boy CJ. CJ, that was such an amazing game by him, but also like that last shot at the end right there. 
I like all the role players, like Mo Harkless. I like for some reason Alfred Camino. has got a badass name. Dude, Evan Dude, Turner. Collins, all, oh. Evan Turner was terrible all series, and then finally had an awesome game to help them win that last one. Are we gonna have a Curry on Curry brother moment in the series? Dude, I can already picture ESPN like hyping that up with graphics and stuff. Is Seth gonna bomb from three one day and just like change the tide of the series? Ooh, here's a trivia question. Guess each of their three point percentages this season. Who? Seth Curry and Steph Curry. Um, Seth is higher, I bet, and I bet you it's forty seven percent. Ooh, no. What do you think, Brid? <laughs> I got Seth at like 43.7 and Steph at 41.8. What do you have for Steph, Andy? Uh, 43. 43. Uh, let me see. For the regular season, Seth is 45% from three. Wow. Jesus. So that wasn't crazy. 47 wasn't crazy. I, I knew he was higher. That's why I wanted to ask you guys, but I wanted to check for sure. Oh, what's up? MC's home from yoga. Just recording a podcast in the living room. Don't mind us. <laughs> uh, Steph was 43% from three. Pretty good. Actually, 44 if you round up. Yeah. I nailed that 43. It was 43.7, so we'll round up, but we'll give oh. you some credit. <laughs> Don't forget, it's the Gasol brothers, too, in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh. Yeah, but Powell. Wait, is he hurt? He's not even playing, is he? Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be good. They never played against each other in the playoffs, huh? No chance. Seth is also shooting higher in the playoffs too, forty-two percent. So that settles that debate. The younger bro is a better shooter. How are Agreed. the uh, How are the Curry parents going to handle this series? Um, they should just choose their younger son. They're like, no, we're bigger Seth fans. We always liked him better. It would be hilarious. <laughs> and you always got to root for the underdog, so it kind of be it would be perfect. They're gonna do one of those like doctored like half and half jerseys <laughs> but the mom probably will see i'm saying they should just go full <laughs> seth curry be like fuck the warriors that would be hilarious <laughs> um i don't know you guys got any other topics or any other takes we can wrap up soon i'm pretty okay. good yeah i think i covered most of my basketball takes Are we talking thrones or not we can do with thrones andy you just caught up on the last episode right yeah, oh yeah, I just finished it right before I called you. Um, all right, we'll go to you. You had the freshest take after watching it. What did you think? I honestly, like, I was getting a little pissed off that Danny was acting so recklessly, I and mean, you could see that she was just going crazy and becoming the Mad Queen. Yeah. Um, I think Arya is gonna kill her next episode, Ooh. and that John will. Everyone's gonna call for John to be king. And that he's going to let Sansa be king because he doesn't want it. I like that. I said at the beginning, I was like, Sansa's going to win this shit. She's going to get that. Yeah, so that's I like I that. So. That's a good theory. <laughs> yeah. Britton, what did you think after that episode? It always happens where I enjoy it like, during the episode, and then afterwards I hear people talking about all the plot holes, and then I start getting pissed. So that's kind of what happened. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh shit, like, this dragon's tearing shit down. This is awesome. I the only agree. Thing I hated when, like, the Jamie and Cersei stuff seemed pretty weak. Jamie's whole storyline this season has been pretty whack. It's so annoying. Dude, I I agree. I, I've been teetering more towards like the criticize, criticizing while I'm watching it now. Because now I'm just like seeing all the flaws in real time. I'm like, fuck this show. It makes, us, it makes no sense. It's so frustrating to watch. But like the effects, that might have been the best effects I've ever had. The dragon like torching King's Landing was amazing. It's like photos and stuff. of It looks so good. Yeah. The directors and effects and cinematographers killed it. And the goddamn writing just like leaves me depressed i'm like have you never like read a hero's journey before like do you not know like that these characters are supposed to have arcs and not just die for no reason 
Like, Kyburn was one of the... Kyburn was the most annoying one. He just, like, fucking got ragdolled and thrown down the stairs. Like, there was no point. No point at all to Kyburn. Like, in the last, like, that few episodes. That did suck. That did suck. He just, like, his head hit the, the rock and he just died immediately. But what about the Hound versus Mountain? That was pretty sweet. Yeah. That was amazing. That was an awesome fight. There were a lot of awesome moments. That's why I was like, I liked it, but, like, the plot holes, like Brayden said, just, like, kept taking me out of it. And then just... I was laughing, but also angry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just a sucker for, like, visually good-looking, like, cinema, and that's kind of what was going down the whole entire time with some of the shots of Drogon, like, just blasting the whole city and all the streets on fire and the green, the wildfire, green fire, what the hell it's called, going off. It was all, like, pretty cool-looking. Oh, uh, yeah. So, that director is that. is prob- maybe the best from Game of Thrones. Um, what was his name? What's the green fire? What's the green fire? Oh, it's wildfire. Oh, yeah, that guy is Miguel uh, Sepochnik. Maybe how you say it, but he's the beast. He, he directed like all like the awesome battle scenes um, through like yeah. all the seasons. Uh, yeah, Andy, the wildfire. I I got a nice little. I rewrote the episode for you guys. Is <laughs> what I did oh when I was God. bored today. <laughs> we can make it so much more interesting if like we just give characters like, a little bit better motivation and it makes more sense. <laughs> so bear with me. It's not that long. It's just a few tweets that I tweeted out today, and I'm just gonna do it live. Live tweeting. This is the best type of podcasts. Live tweet reads. But my whole idea for this is like Danny like sucked. Like she just became like evil queen. I'm pissed that they zoomed through these episodes. Like there's barely any building of these characters. Like so their arcs are coming to end so fast and like we don't get to see like really how they think about it, what their motivation is, like all these things, right? Like what did Jorah think about all the stuff that happened at the battle when it fell? So my point here is like everything is fine. But I just want to go right to like when Danny is sitting on the wall with the dragons, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to have Cersei have one last plot to trick her into burning King's Landing, and Cersei's last like master plan was to make everyone think that Danny's the Mad Queen, so that Cersei is absolved of her sins and people kind of forget about her in history. She's not the one that burned the city. Everyone remembers Danny instead, and she like lures Danny in, right? Which is kind of what she was doing. But in the show, it was, oh, I'm going to chop off your head, your friend's head and hope you burn the city down. <laughs> My idea was, like, why didn't she have a bunch of scorpion crossbows all around the city? So that way, Daenerys is sitting there. She doesn't trust Tyrion. She thinks that they're not going to surrender and they're going to betray her. And then they find there's all these secret weapons. So she goes to try and destroy them before, like, they shoot Drogon to try and shoot at him. And instead, there's that wildfire, Andy, all around the city. And Cersei basically made Danny start like a chain reaction and blow up like the whole city. So everyone sees Danny burning everything and the whole city is crumbling. And Danny sees like in horror that like she started this whole reaction and Cersei tricked her one last time. That's kind of my whole idea. What do you guys think? Anything that makes like Cersei more conniving, damn it. They she, like wrecked Cersei's character. She didn't do anything the last two. Right? Seasons. She barely said a word. So I'm like, that would give so many cool like motive. Like her one last stand was like, oh, she actually got the upper hand again, and she died the same way, but she did it like saving her legacy as the Mad Queen and like making sure that Daenerys is the Mad Queen at the end of the story. Yeah, that and that would totally fit the character, like you said. I mean, she was like <laughs> yeah. ruthless at all costs. Like you know, so that would the definition of that see they gotta get me writing on the show i'm telling you these guys suck over here (laughs) (laughs) but i was like i thought of a bunch of other things i was like instead of like why didn't jamie just fight euron like right before he got to cersei like the fighting on the beach that was stupid and then euron was like laughing talking to the camera as he died like what the fuck was that like this isn't a netflix show like what are we doing here (laughs) 
Yeah, that, that actually was, was really weak. It was like so <laughs> cheesy. Someone made the point that oh, like I killed the Lannister. Euron said before, like a few episodes back or maybe last season, he's like, I saw you, Jamie, when you came um to fight at the Pikes Rebellion and you killed like all kinds of my cousins and my family and stuff. And he kinda like looked up to him as like a great warrior, but now he like lost his hand. So like they could have played that up more. So like maybe it's like one last fight that Jamie has to win. But like Euron says, like I've been trying to be you and imitate you, and like I'm gonna take your queen now um, and kill you. Like his whole life, he's been like chasing Jamie. Jamie, that would be cool. They could have built up to that instead of just like fucking cartoon Jack Sparrow running around shooting big crossbows at dragons. Like what the fuck? Yeah, Euron was so bad. <laughs> so I don't know. These little things could have been so much better. I thought Game of Thrones was gonna be. Up there, like one of the best shows ever, and nah, it's, it's too late now. It's fallen off. It's always going to be Breaking Bad, best? and yeah, but I was going to say, what's your best show ever, Breaking Bad? Yeah, I think. Well, I think I have like a Mount Rushmore. I think they're all kind of like equally awesome. It's like Breaking Bad, Sopranos, Mad Men, and The Wire. Braden, Braden, you probably have The Wire and a few of those. I, mean, I, I haven't even seen Breaking Bad, so like, oh. speak on this oh show. Oh my now. god, Breaking Bad, like is maybe the best finale for, like, a big show I've ever seen in my life. Everyone kind of liked that, it. It, like, nailed it perfectly. All the character arcs, like, ended, like, perfectly. It was confusing. There was twists. But, like, you kind of, like, overthought it, but then it actually worked out in a way you hadn't thought of yet. It was perfectly executed, I think. That's my favorite show ever. I love that show so much. I agree. It's just, like, the right... You're complaining about the writing in Game of Thrones. That's not a problem on that show. That show's <laughs> writing is the best part about it. Dude, the whole and- character... It start like the first season was kind of boring to the point where like I don't know if I want to keep watching this show, but it was boring because the character was boring. He was an old, <laughs> sick science teacher at a high school who didn't achieve his dreams. He's boring. And then as the show goes on, it becomes darker and darker and darker. And then that boring guy doesn't exist anymore. And Heisenberg is the only guy that exists. That's the show. Yeah, they they don't do character arcs like that on Game of Thrones. Arya's only good one. It's because. He wrote the book so long ago that her arc is kind of already laid out for them, so they couldn't fuck that one up. <laughs> Probably the only good. And Sansa's yeah. pretty good, too. But Jon Snow is I the do. most boring character. Daenerys is the most boring queen. <laughs> I'm, like, sick of them. I want them both to die and just have Sansa chilling on the throne. I do love Arya. Like, just an overall, like, favorite characters in TV shows. She's up there with, like, some of the greats. TV history. And, like, and all the yeah, actors yeah. Are, are amazing actors this season, too, which is more frustrating that, like, they don't have good writing, and it's like there's no good scenes of dialogue between like characters that we didn't expect anything that like reveals anything. I think it's amazing they can find these actors. Like Arya was how, how old was she when she first started? Oh, freaking oh like thirteen, and they end up being like good actors. Sansa too was super young. Like how do you spot? Yeah, cause I think they're like actors. they're like twenty one now. Yeah, yeah, old enough to bang on camera. <laughs> <laughs> old they had to, to wait. They had to wait till season eight for that one. <laughs> Um, Alright, I guess that's a good spot to end it. Basically what we learned is the only way for the Sixers to keep their bright future going forward is Braden has to watch Breaking Bad. Yep. That's it. You have a whole off-season to watch Breaking Bad, bro. And then, not only that, it has the best prequel show probably ever, too. Better Call Saul. You watch that, Andy? Yeah, that's a good one, too. It's like the best prequel, like, usually prequels are terrible and cheesy and don't even talk about them. That's one of the best shows out right now. I love Better Call Saul. Yeah, it's a good show, too. It starts out, I like it, at first, like, you know, he's a cheesy, like, you know, hack lawyer, but I like when the Tuco and, and 
what's the old guy Hector? Like when they oh, start kind of getting into things, that's when I really like it. Yeah. See, you have a lot of homework. I was ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. I got a, I got a long off season now. The that season's done. So well, you said before you said before that the girls happy that the Sixers are over, so now we can spend more time with them. Yeah, we'll watch Breaking Bad together. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't know. I told MC I was. Oh, this is amazing. Now I don't have to stress about the Celtics. I can just enjoy every other basketball game for the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> it's it's liberating. Now I can watch more basketball. <laughs> Uh, all right on that note we'll say peace out all right yeah andy thanks, thanks for, for coming on me. yeah dude you gotta come back on soon we can talk more after the after the lottery when we actually know what's going down and uh we gotta get john on here too one of Maybe our a post other... free agency post draft hell yeah we're gonna be doing this for the rest of our lives i'm gonna be hosting weird podcasts for the rest of my life and i'm gonna be calling you guys like i need a take come help me out that works for me man yeah dude britain I did. Good luck. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, thanks for coming. Good luck with the Sixers, man. Go Sixers. (laughs) That's fine. I I don't know how good I'll be. I've never podcasted before. I don't (laughs) don't know if you have. (laughs) No, dude. It's literally just just what we do on bachelor parties. We just sit around (laughs) talking shit about sports to each other. Our girlfriends think that we're going to strip clubs and doing debaucheries. No. We're just sitting in a room arguing sports takes all weekend. <laughs> if they could catch a video of that, they'd be thrilled. Like, yeah, you guys did. Like, you just like went to casinos and talked about sports and like ranked <laughs> things all day. <laughs> just ranked things. That's all we do. <laughs> <laughs>